the Rugby Sports Sound podcast from BBC Radio Scotland. And the clock goes red. We've played the 80 minutes. It's with the player of the match. And Cheslin Colby just taps it into touch. The celebrations begin. The French side delighted. Congratulations, they are passed on by Richie Gray to some of the, the backroom staff, the Richie Gray of Gallup, as opposed to the disconsolate Richie Gray of Glasgow Warriors. As Sessioni Tupolotu comes across and passes on his congratulations to Charles Olivo and the Toulon players, and they will celebrate a, a famous victory, their first in the, the Challenge Cup, first time they've lifted the Challenge Cup trophy, their fourth success in Europe. And Parisi again taking the congratulations off Ali Price. Too long this evening. Well, they got off to a flying start with their opening try inside the first five minutes, courtesy of ba- Baptiste Serran. Serran scored two tries in the first half and was injured right at the very end of the first half, and we didn't see the scrum half thereafter. Sergio Parisi also on the score sheet in the early stages of the first half. And very early on, Toulon opened up a 14-0 advantage. It became 21 points to nil at the interval. And then Wanikola, Naya Kalibo and Ahaya West all scoring tries in that second half for a Toulon side. They did have to answer some questions as Glasgow mounted a comeback. It took them to the 55th minute to break their deadlock and duck and that was through Kyle Steen who scored the first of two tries also the Argentine Sebastian Cancelier on the score sheet this evening but it was simply too little too late for a Glasgow Warriors side who were heavily beaten and Toulon are the European Challenge Cup champions and uh, plenty for Franco Smith and his side to reflect on there as uh, Toulon hit 40 plus points and have beaten Glasgow Warriors to win the European Challenge Cup. Glasgow Warriors in the Challenge Cup final. Rugby from Sports Sound on BBC Radio Scotland. Sports Sound Rugby on BBC Radio Scotland with me, Andy Burke, full time here at the Aviva Stadium in Dublin. And Glasgow Warriors' dreams of becoming the first Scottish side to win a European trophy have turned to dust this evening. They've been crushed by Toulon by 43 points to 19. And it's the French side to claim their maiden Challenge Cup to add to their three European Champions Cup. The night belongs to them. For Glasgow, it's bitter, bitter disappointment. Stuart McFarlane, Peter Wright and Colin Gregor have been describing the action Tom English is alongside me at the Aviva Stadium just putting the finishing touches to his online match report that will be available to the BBC Sports Scotland website very shortly I'm not sure how many Glasgow Warriors fans will be able to bring themselves to read it it has been such a disappointing evening from their perspective and uh, well Colin Gregor Glasgow ran in a few tries at the end to give the scoreline a little bit of a better look because it was looking pretty ugly at one stage but uh, these players will know that they, they fell pretty far short of their best this evening and that's the hugely disappointing thing for them that they I, th- I think you said before and, and Peter's touched on that if you're beaten by the better team whilst you're still going to be disappointed at least you can accept that but Warriors in that first half I mean they, they they just beat themselves. 
giving 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 basically soft scores, especially those two lineouts that just went wrong. And just when you think how Toulon defended for at least the last 10, 12 minutes of that first half, just gave Warriors absolutely nothing. Whereas at the other end, it just seemed that Glasgow were just too generous. Their defence was was not the kind of the, the resilient doggedness that it has been previously that you'd expect it to be even more so in a in a European final and from there they, they, they just uh, as Tom was saying at halftime they, they just the wind was taken from their sails and, and they never really got back into it and whilst they they continued to toil they continued to make the errors they continued to get into positions to score tries but not being ruthless not capitalising on that letting letting Toulon off Toulon's defence just it, it won the day and yeah it's just a a wholly disappointing evening for, for the Glasgow Warriors Well Tom there's a very contrasting scenes down on the pitch beneath us at the moment as it always is in a final sheer jubilation amongst the Toulon players, staff, their families are on the pitch and they are just over the moon and the Glasgow Warriors players look like they'd rather be anywhere else in the world right now yeah, um, although I did, I did see uh, uh, Ali Price having a good old laugh with uh, Dan Bigger, which I thought was pretty unimpressive. Right. Uh, seems to be having a right old hoot. Uh, his team have been embarrassed here. It's great that they got to the final, but they never bothered to turn up for the final. Uh, everything about the performance was, was terrible. They were up against a class team. And maybe even Glasgow's best, best on the night wouldn't have been good enough but we will never know that because they were so far off their best uh, they were mi- a mile off it uh, in everything they did their defence was awful their line out at critical times was awful the, the team selection and we've talked about that um, the physicality poor uh, lack of composure lack of accuracy when they, when they had so much field position in the first half so much so many opportunities and at the start of the second half they coughed it up coughed it up coughed it up soft touches and they said you know we, they wanted to they wanted to leave the pitch win or lose without having any regrets that they gave it their best shot they didn't even come remotely close to giving it their best shot and that's the thing these players will have regrets because these opportunities these finals these European finals yeah. history demonstrates for Scottish sides they do not come along very often they don't they don't you know and they've you know they've worked really really hard and very impressively to get here and we all know how hard it is. Those guys know better than any of us. Um, but they didn't perform. And this is, you know, when you get to a final, if you lose and you play well, you just lose to a better side, but you play well, and you take it to the wire, and you're just beaten on the, on the day by a better side, that's painful. But you can deal with it because you have delivered a performance. They've delivered, they've delivered nothing. They've let themselves down awfully. And I know, like, I'm getting stuck into them here because I think they're way better than that. Way better than that. Yeah. Too, long, too long, fair play to them. Parise, outstanding. I mean, just what a well, He wrote his own colossus. ending, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. What a, what a colossus. And they, were, they're, they are an excellent team, you know. And it just shows you, what, what are they doing in eighth place in the top 14, yeah. you know. Uh, they had injuries all the way through. Uh, but they were, they were so up for this. And they looked right from the get-go. They looked like grabbing this game by the scruff of its neck, and that's what they did. And 
I just I'm re- I just think Glasgow's performance they'll take a they'll take a while to get over this because they will have a world of regrets over it. Yeah, Peter, right, this was not the Glasgow Warriors we have come to know and admire so much this season. Everything that makes them and it has made them such an effective team over the course of the season, it all just melted away tonight. Yeah, and, and the big concern is that, that the players, I don't care what the fans of that think, but the players hang a lot on this last game. You know, they, they played, they had a great season. They played some great rugby after a very very poor start but they, they came they came through and performed got themselves to the final and I, th- I think the most disappointing thing for me is that they Toulon were never under any pressure at any time so we don't know how Toulon would have reacted if they were 21-0 down or 7-0 down or 14-0 down because they never never had to put them under and that'll be what hurts the coaching staff in particular that we never Glasgow never tested too long when the game was still equal you know, it was it was 21-0 after however many minutes and that. The game was pretty much stone dead. Teams like Toulon don't lose games after being 21-0 down. And, you know, it can go one of two ways. They can well, they can wallow in self-pity. The, the play, I don't think they will because I don't think Franco Smith will let them. And I don't think that's the attitude of these players now. I think maybe if, if Danny Wilson was still being involved, maybe they would have. But I think there's, a, there's enough guts and determination in that team to get better. And they have to get better because it's the... The basics that hurt, and, and you know, it's interesting. Why you know, New Zealand are the most consistent team, any any sports team in the world, uh, for the last hundred years. And the reason is they do the basics way better than anybody else. They don't they don't always do that much stuff that's magic, but they just do the basic things. So if you can't get that right, if you can't get your throwing right, if you can't get your lifting and jumping right, if you can't catch a ball after a kickoff, and each time you can see the try in those occasions. You know, you're never going to win games, so you've got to get those basic bits right. And the quality players as Glasgow team, they have to learn because they have to be better next season. Um, obviously, a lot of these guys will go forward now into the World Cup, uh, and, and that's you know another opportunity to learn to get better and then play in high-profile pressure games. Um, the downside is that uh, certainly two of those games in the World Cup are pressure. I mean, way more pressure than this game. Um, so you just got to hope that the Glasgow guys involved in those games perform a damn sight better than they performed tonight. And Colin Gregor, you referenced the semi-final down at the Scarlets where there was a lot of the, the hallmarks of this evening in that first half performance down there, basic errors, set-piece malfunctioning and, and Glasgow just went on it and they managed to turn it round and you kind of hope that that would have been a, a lesson for them Franco Smith had said they'd maybe let the occasion get to them and you'd hoped having gone through that experience you would never see that again but it was very similar this evening only difference being too long far more capable of, of punishing that than, than Scarlet's ultimately were Yeah, too long were, were absolutely ruthless as, as soon as they got a sniff they, they, they got points the, the first try was a, a bit of that absolute brilliance from Baptiste Serran the, the, the scrum half that, that got them on their way and then the next couple of scores were were Warriors' errors. But I, th- I think the, the concern for Warriors during that time was error compounded by error compounded by error. It wasn't a case of, right, we've made an error, park it, let's just you know really focus in, make sure that, that our, our next job is really accurate. It was kind of error into error, and they just kind of fell away from that. And it's actually interesting that 
watching the images coming through of how emotional the Toulon team are. That 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 was obviously a massive win for them. Whether the last couple of years they, they've lost two of these Challenge Cup finals and it was getting that monkey off their back, but it shows the importance of these European competitions. I'm sure the win bonus to get into the main European competition oh. was quite quite high for them to win. For them oh, to win it's all about the heart and the passion of winning this game. The old cynic, righty. Yeah, exactly. The old cynic. Yeah. It's about glory, yeah. not about greenbacks. <laughs> Well, we're seeing the, the other side of the, the coin at the moment uh, as the Glasgow Warriors players are, are having to troop by the trophy, Tom, knowing that they have not earned the right to, to lift it. Yeah, um, that must be a fairly demoralising walk for them. Um, they can see that big shiny silver trophy and uh, I'm not sure many of them are looking at it, actually. Some of them seem to be kind of deliberately <laughs> looking away, away from yeah. it. Uh, it's. Uh, I, I think they'll, they'll be crushed. They'll be absolutely crushed. Uh, their performance was was really substandard, and all the things that we were hearing about, you know, they're going to keep a check on their emotions. They don't want to overhype it. They're going to turn up uh, and play play the match, not the occasion. A lot of things went went awfully wrong for them. Today, yeah, and every, every every facet of their game collapsed really sorry Tom I think one of Scotland's strengths is is using the emotion it is actually hyping it up and, and going for it I remember we went uh, when Telford was coaching us we, we went for a Grand Slam game against England and he'd done exactly the same thing he wouldn't let us talk about Grand Slams he wouldn't let us you know, he wouldn't let us get excited about the game he was telling us to keep our feet on the ground and we ultimately we didn't perform we went out against England and they just smothered us to death and you know, our argument with Jim after that was, well, you know, if you'd actually let us just go a bit nuts with passion and what we're, you know, what Scotland's very good at, I think sometimes we forget that's a massive strength for Scottish teams, and it's not a bad thing sometimes to use that. Yeah. You know, the Toulon team are uh, getting their medals, and uh, Captain Charles Olivon will lift the trophy in a few moments, and I think... There was a lot of neutrals round about us, Tom, Irish, locals, and they were kind of rooting for Glasgow as much as anything, rooting for them to make a game of it. Yeah, they, they, they want, just wanted a contest. They wanted a contest, they wanted a cliffhanger, and it was all very one-sided. And You know, OK, Glasgow, they, when the game was long gone, they scored a couple of tries, but when they scored one, Toulon scored one, you know. So it was, well, the first try they get, uh, was it the first or second try they get, Two Pilotto drops the ball immediately from the yeah, restart. Right. Right. Just summed right, yeah. up their night. S- summed up, summed their night. Everything went wrong, um, and it's just yeah, it's just, just a crushing disappointment that that they didn't didn't deliver anything anything close to their best. They needed to be as, as too long and too long really from the start. And 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 the boys are right. You look you look at uh, too long celebrating it. This is a this is a huge huge thing for them. A massive thing for them. All sorts of emotion. Uh, I thought their performance all day was 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 emotion. You know, it was controlled emotion, but it was fury, a fury in it. And I don't think Glasgow ever got up to the pitch of that uh, pitch of the game in that kind of emotional way. That that control, you need that control, right? Is, is absolutely spot on. You need it for a final. And it just Glasgow seemed to be passive from the start. It was weird. And we said um, at halftime, and worth reiterating, we have given Franco Smith. A huge amount of praise this season. He has done a remarkable job. Um, but it's big calls. 
blew up in his face tonight. Yeah, and I don't know what, it was Richie Gray just not fit enough, uh, bringing him on when he brought him on. I mean, this game was gone. Uh, Darge, Matthews, this, look, Gray was, Gray was the one, really, because he's your line-out man. He is one of the best line-out forwards in the game today. So clever, so big, uh, such a huge target. And that's where it started to collapse and go wrong for, for Glasgow. It was, it was out of touch. That's when the rot started to set in. If Gray was there, presuming if, if, he, was, if he was fit to start the game, I don't know why he, start, why he didn't start the game. But he was a massive, massive miss. And it's just... I find it hard to fathom why he didn't start. Well, Charles Olivon gets his hands on the Challenge Cup trophy. The entire Toulon squad and members of staff all in there to celebrate this triumph and the trophy is raised and it's the night belongs to Toulon and they finally at the fifth attempt having lost four previous finals in this competition they have won the European Challenge Cup to add to the three European Cups they have in their trophy room and a thoroughly deserved Triumph for Toulon off the back of a wonderful performance. Just too good, too classy on the night for Glasgow Warriors. And the French side ran out comfortable winners in the end. And I suppose, Tom, it maybe puts into a little bit of perspective where Glasgow are in the European pecking order. The team sitting eighth in the French league is able to do a job like that on them. Yeah, and look, this is, you know, this is a... An incredibly well-resourced Toulon side. They're, I'd like to see their budget. It, it would dwarf anything that uh, that Glasgow have. And I always felt that if Toulon turned up, I felt that if they turned up, they'd, they'd win the game. I didn't think they'd win it like this. Uh, I didn't think they'd win it with the style. I didn't. Think, I didn't think Glasgow for a second would not turn up. Uh, but they are a they are a terrific team. Clearly, domestically. They've had a bit of a nightmare uh, this season. So I think that also fed into this. The fact that they have been poor, lost a dozen games domestically, a lot of heat from their fans on the way this team has been playing. All of that came spilling out into their performance today. This is a season-long frustration uh, that they have they've taken it out on Glasgow tonight. Well, we should uh, point out the uh, achievement of Cornel Dupria, Colin, the kind of forgotten man, certainly when it comes to the national team, but eight years on from being a losing finalist with Edinburgh in this competition, he's got his hands on the trophy as part of a very impressive Toulon team. Yeah, an imp- impressive back row unit with obviously the, the captain, Charles Olivon, alongside. And, uh, yeah, the... The Peter Pan of uh, of rugby, Sergio Parisi, <laughs> just yeah, and it's it's a, it's nice for Parisi if he if he is retiring at the ripe old age of thirty nine that he's he's got a another trophy and yeah, Cornel Dupree is kind of when he, he left Edinburgh went down to Worcester he, he got a really horrible kind of throat injury didn't he which uh, he's obviously right, yeah. done incredibly well to to come back from that and been down on the the south of France and. Winning some some European silverware. That's uh, yeah, it's, it's fair play for him and obviously Brian Allen Uwezi as well, who had a, a bit of time at, at Glasgow Warriors. So he got one over his his former teammates this evening. So 
Yeah, and you see Toulouse, uh, Toulon, sorry, singing and dancing and, and having a great time and enjoying their victory, which will it serve as, as more fuel for Glasgow Warriors? Will they, will they be hanging around to watch this now? They will have given their polite applause and, and maybe headed off, but you do you do hope it is, it is fuel and Warriors, they obviously got to a, a final of the, the Pro 12 before they went on to win it, but we have identified just just how difficult it is to get to to European finals and it, it's great that they are back in the Champions Cup next season but it's going to be a, a mighty big ask to, to get any sort of results to get into the knockout rounds of that but that's what they've got to do they've got to learn from the frustrations of of today the disappointments the, the fact that they can look at themselves and, and there's a lot that they can look at and say well yeah we can fix that that's well within our control and see how they come back next season and, and you, you do hope that they're a, a stronger outfit because of it Well the other Scottish connection of course Peter Wright is our old pal Richie Gray and I know you mentioned the commentary, the commentary you felt you could detect his fingerprints on some of the breakdown work from Toulon but again fantastic for Richie, he's, he's certainly made his mark as a breakdown coach wherever he's went hasn't he? <laughs> Everywhere apart from Scotland, because they'll no, <laughs> you know, they'll no, they'll no bring him in as a coach. You know, he's he's coached in South Africa, he's coached in France, he coaches American football teams in the States. It's just the guy, the guy knows his stuff, and yet we're either so pig-headed or so stupid that we don't bring him in to help our national team or our pro teams. And you've seen, you've seen South Africa improve around the breakdown in the last seven, eight, nine years, and that, that's a lot of that's down to Richie's coaching. Uh, France, he's been involved in a lot of the clubs in France uh, and again their, their accuracy around the breakdown is way better than it used to be They used to, South Africa and France used to win collisions by sheer brute force now they do it by sheer brute force and technique because they get, they get the technique right, they get the body height right they get their angles right and, and it's a very very difficult thing um, to, to counteract and, and you know Richie, I know Richie really well he's a good pal and, and I just get so frustrated when we've got one of the best collision coaches, contact coaches in the world and yet we don't use them and, and that's just so frustrating but you know well done you know well done to Long for bringing a quality guy in like that who makes a difference and he certainly, he certainly made a difference today He's having a, we can see him Richie's <laughs> strolling yeah. about the pitch I think he looks like he's FaceTiming back home He does look like he's, he's, he's FaceTiming uh, I think he's off his phone now but he's been going up to a few players and, and kind of <laughs> whoever he's talking to they're also talking to Cheslin Colby, Colby and a couple of others. Yeah, he's just wandering around the periphery of it, obviously soaking it all in. Um, he's he's played a part in this, well, and it's a great moment for him too. He's got an infectious enthusiasm oh, for the yeah, game. Yeah, we had a yeah, chat so. with him on the podcast a he couple did. of weeks ago, and yeah. you just you can understand why people follow him oh, and totally. follow what he wants from him. Totally, totally. Yeah, I mean he is. He's a he's a force of nature, really, a force of positivity. Uh, energy um, uh, it's just he's such a wily clever man um, knows the game inside out knows his aspect of the game better than anybody else probably in the world actually his specific part of coaching he's probably the best in the world at it um, innovative uh, you know he's been you know, he's, it's not just rugby it's American football as well that he's into the top top franchises in America are, 
are interested in listening to Richie Gray. So he is a he's a he's a he's a special type of coach. He really is. He certainly is. Um, if you're just joining us, it's not been the night that Glasgow Warriors would have wanted in the European Challenge Cup final. They've gone down heavily here at the Aviva Stadium in Dublin to too long by 43 points to 19. And Colin Gregor, obviously, we're in the midst of this. is still very raw. It will be for Glasgow and their players and their supporters. But how do we assess their campaign overall? Obviously got to the quarterfinals of of the URC, beaten by Munster at Scotston and then losing finalists this evening. How do you assess the campaign in the round? Good, good until May. Uh, yeah, it's... It, yeah. Well, Peter kind of identified it, that they were they were a bit slow to get going, but it, we'll put that down to Franco Smith coming in and, and having a bit of an overhaul of the, the kind of systems and structures that, that Danny Wilson, his, his predecessor, had tried to impose on the Warriors... And then there were there were large parts of the season where they were outstanding, and the they weren't just winning games; they were scoring excellent tries. They were playing really attractive, really ambitious, high skill level rugby, which not just the the Scotston faithful, not just the Warriors fans were enjoying, but it was actually just it was good quality rugby that that rugby fans would would appreciate. It got them into the knockout stages of both competitions, where they they did obviously they they, they saw off the dragons in a, a really emphatic victory, and then negotiated a tricky trip down to Clackley for the the semi final, and we saw them them dealing with the the emotions and everything, or so we thought in the first half, and putting in a a really good second half to kind of. To, to win that game to show that they were the better team and that was the, kind of almost the last we saw of them this season because that quarter final against Munster the, the frustration of Tom Jordan getting sent off but then they, they still had opportunity whether it was in the first 5-10 minutes actually the, the, the clean line breaks they'd created that they, they didn't take whereas maybe previously they had taken them and then they just got a like had plenty of possession against Munster, just didn't do enough with it. And then tonight, whilst yeah, the, the way they came back and kind of scored their tries and showed a little bit of what they were about, it just for European rugby, it was it was just too little given the the, the full eighty minutes that they they would have hoped to perform for. So overall. Well, if, if you compare it to last season, it's night and day. Obviously, the the position they finished in the league, but also the the quality of their offering. I think getting a, a home quarter final in the in the URC, finishing those top four, was a a good achievement as well. It is where we almost expect Glasgow Warriors to be. So it's now it will be really interesting to see how they build on this and I think Peter touched on it in the commentary that teams are beginning to work out how you how you get how you kind of negate Warriors whether it's at line out time whether it's been really aggressive with your line speed into the midfield onto Tua Peloto in particular if you shut down these options what what is Warriors plan B and, and that's what they'll really need to work on in the off season during the, the World Cup period so that next season they, they come back and, and they have developed, they have improved so that they, they get to, you know, ideally knockout stages of Champions Cup and, and kind of knockouts of, of the URC again next season. 
Peter, when you look at this Glasgow Warriors team and squad, what, what do you think they would have to do to to go and challenge in the way Collins just outlined there next season? Yeah, they've just got to front up at these uh, these big big games. You know, the knockout rugby we, we talked about with Edinburgh uh, a couple of seasons ago when Cockerell got them to the knockout stages and then didn't quite perform. They've just got to get there regularly. They've got to be able to take the pressure. They've got to be able to produce. It's not easy to produce the games in a league match, but it's easier than when you get to a, a, all of a sudden it's a you know winner takes all at the end of 80 minutes. That That's when they've really got to start to perform and they've probably let themselves down a little bit certainly against Munster they created enough to win the game and, and just didn't quite get over the line uh, obviously today they didn't they didn't get anywhere near winning the game so it's they've got to learn from it they've got to, they've got to be able to play under pressure they've got to execute their game plan under pressure which they didn't do tonight um, and that's something as individuals they'll have to look at and then obviously collectively as a team uh, they'll, they'll bring one or two there's obviously one or two new signings there's a few guys leaving um, so they've just got to keep working away and doing the stuff they're doing it because it's it, it works it works at an intensity uh, when they get the game at a high intensity teams struggle to live with them so that that's part and parcel of that as well uh, the difficulty for Glasgow now is that you know most of the players will leave to go to the World Cup so they won't see these guys until uh, when end of October potentially you know this, this, they're off for I think they're now off for about three months at Glasgow because the season doesn't start till till the end of October but the World Cup guys are not going to be there so it's a difficult start to the season for Glasgow with having so many players in that Scotland squad um, so yeah but it gives other guys opportunities the new players coming in know what they're coming into and know that they've got to they can't just come in and be a part of it they've got to come in and improve it lift it take it to the next level and, and the players know that themselves they've got to take it to another level now they've got to win knockout games which they have obviously they beat Scarlets in a knockout game so they can do it they've just got to make sure when they play against the real top teams that they can uh, be more competitive than they were tonight uh, to the extent where they've got a chance to you know they're in the game with 20 minutes to go and a chance to win it Just looking down at Ryan Wilson having a chat with Brian Habana of course Ryan's Glasgow career now at an end he wasn't involved this evening yeah. but that's another big hole that will be in terms of characters and leaders. You know, that's somebody that will need some replacing next season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I wonder, I don't know if he wants to play on, does he? But I think he does, he yeah. Does, I think yeah. he's got some some more in the tank. I think I think as a, as a character like him, I think, okay, if he wants to play on, fine, he goes somewhere else. But maybe bring him back because those kind of characters, you know, a personality type, there's not too many of them around, you know. I think he's very good for Glasgow, Ryan Wilson has been over many years and uh, this is not the way he would have wanted to go out watching that Glasgow have done a lot of good things this season and Franco Smith has done has done a terrific job it's just and, and today they just haven't done themselves justice they're better than that I'm convinced they are uh, they've let themselves down today and it's been a season of a lot of highs and uh, that has just petered out petered out against Munster and again today and that's that's really really disappointing really disappointing what do you think in terms of personnel Peter talked about the comings and goings Colin in terms of next season is there any areas in particular you think they they need to be adding to perhaps a 10 which has become an issue in recent weeks yeah that, that's the one that kind of immediately jumps out isn't it that Tom Jordan isn't actually by nature a 10 he's done admirably this season but I think 
when teams work out that actually if you get to two apply to then you snuff out a lot of Glasgow's potency and attack if you have a a more natural 10 then you've got a different threat a different dynamic there I also think their kicking game needs to improve they kick a lot from nine a lot of box kicks which are meant to be contestable tonight they, I don't know if they won any back it was just and so it's like actually on occasions just kick long and, and make the opposition turn and even if you enter a bit of, like a, a kicking duel for a while it, you never know if, if the opposition switch off then you've got a chance to counter attack on that occasion or it might open up the chance for a, a 50-22 or, or something like that just so yeah so it, if we go back to actual personnel I do, I do think that the fly half is the the big area <laughs> I think Hooker they're, they're obviously really strong at the props they if Simon Bergen as Peter said he's retiring Xander's going to play you'd expect a lot of minutes at the World Cup so he's probably going to you're not going to see much of him before Christmas so another tight head prop I think would be a, a real added value you do feel that just a, they still just a no nonsense forward of some sort of a real kind of grisly hard edged character that just the almost like a kind of a young a Ryan Wilson five five six years ago just where they just no backward step they just set the tone they set the example they'll just carry the ball forward when it's just about real grunt work and getting on the front foot that kind of and again just the, bringing that edge to things as well whether that's at training or or in the kind of the actual heat of battle as well just seen Franco Smith on the monitor in front of us he's um, he doesn't look too downbeat but but Peter Wright, you, you've been a coach for many years. How frustrated will he be when such a big game he'll have gone through all his drills and his tactics and had this plan in place and when your players just go out there and fail to execute and fail to do all the things that you've tried to drill into them in the build-up? I mean, it must be, it must be tough for the coach standing helpless on the sidelines, unable to influence things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's never easy when your, your team doesn't do the things that you've practiced uh, on the build-up to the game and, and obviously previous games he has to take some responsibility uh, I, think the, I think he got the selection wrong completely uh, I think not having Darge or Richie Gray in from the start I think cost him, I think Gray's presence in the line-out just settles the nerves a bit so, and it's no no um, coincidence that the, sort of, the, the worst performances Glasgow have is when Gray's not involved in the line-out so they've got, they've got to sort that bit out but I think it's one of those ones you've got to you've got to temper disappointment um, tonight with what he's achieved and how he's brought Glasgow on over the season, uh, and that'll be the hard bit for him because he'll he'll be disappointed, he'll be an eye annoyed, angry tonight. He'll he'll not be looking at it from that point of view. But I think once sort of the dust settles and he gets into next week and they start to review the season, he'll yeah disappointing last couple of games, but certainly you know a marked improvement and. Heading in the right direction, I would say. Uh, I think recruitment now is absolutely crucial. I think props are an issue. Uh, Bergen's leaving; he's retired. He's 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 not good enough, I don't think. Anyway, uh, you've got young props: Murphy Walker, a couple of Italians, haven't you? Sorry, a couple of Argentinians. Are they good enough? We'll find out. Um, so that that's a bit for me. He's got to get sorted. That that uh, recruitment 
and obviously because of the budgets that they work to, they're, you know, they can't always uh, bring in maybe the sort of quality of the players uh, that they've got. But the, the, you know, they've got the nucleus is still a very good side. They've got a lot of good young players coming through. Um, standoff's probably another position they would probably look at as well. So yeah, there's lots of things for them to work on, and there's a lot of things to, to improve, and there's a lot of things, a lot of players that they can maybe look to bring in. Um, and that, that'll be the tough part for them. Sometimes the pre-season, the off-season's the hardest time for coaches because that's when you try to bring in new players. Um, you know, you try to convince guys this is the right place to come to. Uh, and I think he's got that at the moment. You know, I think he's he's got a little bit of a bit of an aura about the club at the moment that uh, some players will look at that and go, you know what, I want to be part of that. Uh, you know, and good players, maybe X-Factor players will want that. Uh, <laughs> you can flip that with Edinburgh where you think, well, you know, maybe Edinburgh's not quite got that and, and that maybe, you look at the Edinburgh signings up till now haven't been, you know, dare I say it, they haven't been inspiring. You know, they haven't been ones you go, wow, that's the, you know, that's going to make a massive difference to Edinburgh. Um, and that's no disrespect. I don't mean to try to disrespect the players that have come in, but they need um, you need some marquee players. Uh, and, and Glasgow, yeah, you've been there. They're in a good place, to be honest with you, Andy. They're in a good place, um, but it's it's going to be a tough season next year because everybody now knows, you know, what they do, and it's it's going to be tough to replicate that uh, again next season. One man who doesn't want the evening to end, Sergio Parisi, Tom. He's still by the side of the pitch, his, uh, his wife alongside him, but he stopped for some selfies. He's got the Italy flag draped round his waist. He's stopping taking pictures with the fans, and he has been a modern-day modern, uh, modern day icon of the game, yeah. his achievement, so stand the test of time. Mag- magnificent player, great person. You can see him sharing this moment with... Uh, with a lot of these Toulon fans, he's going into the crowd, he's posing for selfies, he's talking to them all, he's back now with his wife, who's just beaming, she's wearing his medal. Uh, it's a lovely scene, and he, the great man deserves it. It's obviously a bitterly disappointing night for Glasgow, but I think rugby fans outside of the Glasgow camp will be looking at this and applauding Parise, because his career deserves this he has been a wondrous wondrous player he did want that swan song at the World Cup didn't he but yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he's, yeah. not it. he's not going to get it he's not going to get it maybe maybe they'll reconsider because I thought he was excellent tonight um, <laughs> doesn't look like he's going to hit 40 this year does he at yeah. all no he's uh, <laughs> running around like a man half his age he's he's extraordinary but not just you know there was a great scene and it's coming back up at the televisions here earlier on when some of his players cheered him on the far side of the pitch he was holding the trophy two or three of his of his teammates put him up on their shoulders that was a great great image you know just a brilliant image just shows you what they thought of him and what they think of him um, and uh, it's just the lovely scenes here actually they have celebrated this riotously and it means so much to them it's so so much to them um, yeah it's the, the second tier European competition too long don't care about that this means a huge huge amount to him a huge amount to Parise and it's hard to take your eyes off him because he's beaming from ear to ear <laughs> he is so so happy yeah I mean what a player he's been calling um, you know kind of single handedly dragging Italy along the national team for so many years and and certainly made his mark at club level as well it's a fitting way to bring the curtain down on his career it is, yeah, and you just think it's it's such a shame for him that Italy are actually now 
gaining a bit of momentum and, and looking a bit more threatening and yeah it's just a, a couple of years too late for him because gee, he, he used to knock his pan in for very little reward for Italy but it was the, the little moments of magic and whether it's the offloads the the kicks the yeah he just had that little something something different about him as a player which you, you just enjoyed and and I think even through the dark times of playing for Italy and and in, in that kind of tough international environment the the passion he had the enthusiasm almost the joy that he did just look like he was enjoying it regardless because that was just what he wanted to be what he wanted to be doing and maybe that's why it, as he's ticking towards 40 he's, he's still doing it and yeah the it's just yeah you you put aside the disappointment from a a, spe, a a warriors fan sort of perspective that for rugby for him to end with a, a trophy you you do just think it's 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 a real nice fitting finale for for him and and for him to have the the celebrations and enjoy the time on the on the field afterwards make make a few more memories that he can you know you're a long time retired so he can he can have let that warmth uh, keep him going for a, for a while yet he's himself, himself and his wife now are uh, stretched out on the on the pitch they're on the flat of their back looking up <laughs> looking up at the Dublin sky at the stars uh, just taking it in they clearly do not want to leave this pitch they might just fall asleep where they are there I'd say they have nice dreams people will be sleeping in uh, no manner of places in Dublin tonight I'd imagine yeah. they'll end up maybe the Parisians <laughs> couldn't afford a room in Dublin so they're going well <laughs> like, a, like a lot of other people <laughs> <laughs> they're just going to stay on the pitch I'd say they'd be delighted <laughs> throw a blanket over them they'll stay there till kick off tomorrow in the Champions Cup final where does he rank uh, Peter in terms of the great number eights that you've seen in your, your time yeah he's up there uh, you know he's up there if you imagine him playing for England or New Zealand and he could have you know he would be good enough to get in probably any international team um, at the peak of his career I mean as the guys have said he he, he was dragging Italy sometimes single-handedly through you know he was the the one guy that was performing regularly obviously played most of his I think he played all of his uh, club career in France didn't he he was a quality player at club level and just a you know a great leader and uh, obviously Argentinian as well, not not an Italian. He came over um, and then played for Italy as an Argentinian, but just a, a legend. That, you know, he, yeah, he'll go down as one of the the all-time greatest uh, rugby players, number eights, rugby players, and and I think just men as well because I think he's a leader. You know, as a leader, he was you know he, he had a respect from every single person. Um, he ever played against you know I spoke to guys over the years who've played against him and they just had the utmost respect for the man and uh, what a fitting way to go out in it to, to win a European Challenge Cup to get a winner's medal in his last game you know what they take I mean what is it 33 players to the World Cup yeah it wouldn't be a bad choice to take him you know take him along yeah. even for experience give him the you know he's got not for his experience but the experience he brings to that squad you can surely fit someone in like him for a World Cup, um, yeah, yeah, I would, I would. A sentimental pick, no, not a wee bit, maybe, yeah. but actually good enough still to perform at that level. Uh, if if that's what he wants to do, he's maybe, 
he's maybe decided that he's never going to get his was it his hundredth cap he, he missed was that what he missed out on his hundredth Italian cap or something like that was it? Oh no, he had a hundred and twenty odds. Was it, was, it, was it? I think it was to move level with a world record. Was that what it was? Number of time, caps or something like time, that. Yeah, yeah, vaguely, yeah. vaguely. Remember no, I mean that, he's, he's one of the. I mean Italy have you know they're in the World Cup. It's tough when you've got a, as big a squad as you've got thirty three players. I'm pretty sure he's better than some of the guys they potentially will take. And uh, I know it's maybe people think it's a step backwards, but it's the World Cup. You pick your best players available for a World Cup. He's, he's got 142 caps. <laughs> That's astonishing. Fantastic, isn't it? I think he won two of them, didn't he? I think he lost 139 so... or something ridiculous. But uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's a legend. He'll go down as a legend. He'll go down as a legend for every club that he played for. And he'll certainly go down as one of the all-time greats of Italian rugby. Sorry, I'm just going to interrupt you, Peter, because we can now cross to the press conference with the Glasgow head coach, Franco Smith. A tough evening for Glasgow Warriors, but thanks very much to head coach Franco Smith, team captain Kyle Stein and Stafford McDowell. So first questions, please. Hi, Franco. Um, can I just have your immediate reactions to that? Obviously, very disappointed, and it's it's it's. Um, I think it's natural when you come to the end of a season, and it doesn't go your way completely um, to feel like we do. And um, yeah, so from the from a, um, a result perspective, obviously, really disappointed. Um, but compliments to Toulon from the start. I want to just say they were excellent. It's breakdown, the breakdown in the beginning of the game. They stopped the set piece well, made use of the first three chances that we've handed to them, and uh, they defended. They defended well. So, um, and they also adapted well. You know, they had a couple of eight injuries, and they adapted well. So, no compliments to them. Franco, the back-to-back defeats with Munster and Toulon. What, what do you think the group will, will learn from this experience? Well, for one, I don't have to motivate them for pre-season. But uh, no, there's a lot to learn. So it's one thing to play, and it, that, 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 that's a fact. It's the one thing to play to get into the final. It's another way, another skill to win a final. Uh, it took Toulon four times, the fifth chance go at it, you know. So um, it doesn't come overnight. I think we'll take a lot of learnings. Um, we were unfortunate against Munster, I would reckon. At this stage, um, obviously, the, the semi-final against Scarlets before we played Munster gave them a little bit of time, which asked a, a, a phys- big physical question to us. So, um, And then leading into this game, we had that week off. So it's tough to compete on both fronts. But um, but uh, for tonight, I'm just going to you know, you know just look at what we can celebrate what was good before these two games instead of you know just dwell on the on the last two results. Uh, Franco, um, if you raised eyebrows when Richie Gray wasn't in the starting lineup, um, do you think? I mean, hindsight's one of the things. He could have made a difference tonight from the start. Well, everybody's got an opinion around that. So I could have picked 15 other guys, and everybody would have been complaining. We made the decision with um, with, with the information at hand, and and no, if you if you want to go in that direction, you can name a bunch of names, and I don't think that's fair. I think the players that we've picked deserve the, the opportunity. They were there was a specific plan to it, and um, and that was that. Um, so yeah, I think it's unfair to say that we've picked the wrong team. Franco, why is such a slow start? Have you put your finger on why and how angry were you the fact you're 21 down and chasing after 25 minutes? Yeah, that's the one I will ask the players when I see them now. Um, it was a it was surprising. I think we were 
mentally in a good place, in a good space. I think, again, uh, the first try, Seren put that little grabber through. We always knew they were going to score one try out of brilliance, and he did. So given, given that, after they started the game with a kickoff, being on our side, that could happen. Um, I think the next two, we were inaccurate line-out time, and we just handed them two tries, which is suddenly, with 20 minutes in, you're chasing a 21-point scoreline in the final. It's not easy. So, so that's the lesson learned. We gave them two chances. They took both uh, immediately. We had 12 entries in the 22. We got away with three. Um, just shows a little bit more accuracy in that side of the field is important. Kyle, commiserations. Um, when the dust settles and you know you come out the other side of this, um, how ca- proud of you can you be of this season and how far you've come? Yeah, massively proud. Um, you know, it's a little bit it's a little bit raw to try and process all of that now, but um, I think just the number of blue flags in the in the you know in the on the way into the stadium and in the stadium today, you know, sums up. Um, <coughs> Where, where the pride lies. We said at the beginning of the season we, we wanted to work to, to play rugby in a way that inspires the Warrior Nation and, and Glasgow and I think um, you know, we're massively thankful to everyone that came out today um, and I think yeah, that's where the pride in, in the season will lie. And how much sort of a learning curve is this that you can take on in the future and you know, put those lessons into practice? Oh, it'll be massive. Um, it's a little bit frustrating because you know, I'm a little bit sick of learning. You, know, you kind of you want to achieve now but um, that's the way it goes. You know, this is a really good group. I think we're really lucky that, you know, 96% of this group will, will be uh, going forward. Um, but there's, there's a massive learning curve. Like Franco says, it's a completely different skill um, to, to get to win a final after getting there. Um, and I think that's the lesson, that when, when you get here, you've got to, you know, you've got to stick to your systems and you've got to be accurate, you know, both the Munster game and, and tonight. Um, we'll look back on the fact that we created loads of chances, but we just didn't take them in Munster and Toulon did. Franco, what can you, the club, the players, learn from, take from this European journey in general? No, there's a lot. I think execution in one-off games is very important. The, the European competition is a one-off opportunity. So even the first game in the round, Robin against Bath, was, uh, was, 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 was execution-like. So um, I think it's a much more clinical competition and uh, the standard of the play... Um, obviously, uh, um, elevates the moment you get in these in the, in the EPCR competitions. It's a short tournament regarding you don't get another chance, don't, don't get another go. So um, no, that's one thing to be clinical. Um, but that is that is the learning for the team for the, through the season. If I, I if we just speak about tonight, I think we've got a, a we've accumulated a number of things that still got to be improved. You know, there's a season one for this group. Um, just a start for us. We never said, and I did say it in the press conference uh, uh, yesterday, that, that, that this is not the end for us. This is just a start. We, this is a stepping stone. We obviously wanted to win this. Uh, that will be the perfect stepping stone going forward. But we will take um, these, in every area of our game, the five main components that we look at, uh, still a lot of improvement to do. Um, hi, Franco. A question. Um, as a South African yourself, what have you made of the South Africans' inclusion in this year's... Uh European competitions? No, I think it was fantastic. I know travel-wise it makes it hard, especially the French side doesn't travel in their domestic season, so it is a bit of a different environment for them. But uh, it does bring a little bit of extra um, flavour, a bit of bit, bit more resilience. I think, um, I think it, is, it, it obviously is an important challenge um, to adapt to. Um, travel is part of uh, the professional era now, and um, 
So that's a, that's a one side of it. From a rugby perspective, they add a lot of physicality. I think the fact that it would be unfair to the rest of the URC teams if they have a bye week when we all play in the EPCR, you know. So that by itself is obviously um, important. So it challenges uh, everybody. Then it stretches the squads. It, 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 makes, it, it, it obviously forces you to use your squad. It forces the depth of the squad. Obviously, where you spend your your money in the budget, how many players do you contract, where's your strength? So um, from there's, there's, there's one view on that. And then obviously, you know, just uh, uh, pure, the, the pure resilience and, uh, uh, and the physicality brings a different component to it. Well, that was the Glasgow Warriors head coach, Franco Smith. And we also heard from the captain, Kyle Stain, as well. But Franco, certainly when he was pushed on his team selections, which we've discussed a lot this evening, but uh, he wasn't having that as a as a problem. You know, he's standing by, he's his sticking to his guns, which is very much <laughs> what he likes to do. Yeah, look, well, I, you know, I mean, I, I respectfully disagree with him. I mean, he said, oh, you know, if you, if you talk about one player, you could talk about 15 players. We're not actually talking about 15 players. We're talking about a couple of players here, really, Darge and Gray. And I suppose you, if you want to throw Johnny Matthews into that as well. Um, and I think the question was fair. We were asking the questions ourselves. All the Glasgow fans will be asking these questions. Um, I don't think he can say anything else other than what he said because he's not going to come out realistically. He's not going to come out and say, yeah, I got the selection wrong. But we think he got the selection wrong. And not playing grey, I still I didn't understand it. The lads in the studio didn't understand it. The fans didn't understand it. I'd say Toulon didn't understand it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't. didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it's been a desperately disappointing evening for Glasgow. They came here to Dublin with such high hopes, aiming to make history as the first Scottish side to win a European trophy. But it all went horribly wrong. A very poor performance and beaten with a bit to spare by Toulon, who claimed the European Challenge Cup for the very first time to add to the three Champions Cups already in their trophy cabinet. That's just about it from Sports Sound Rugby for tonight and for the season. Thanks for your company throughout the campaign and thanks to our team tonight. Stuart McFarlane, Peter Wright, Colin Gregor and Tom English. Make sure you subscribe to the BBC Scotland Rugby podcast. A new episode drops every Tuesday. You can subscribe at BBC Sounds. But for now, from all the Sports Sound Rugby team, thanks for listening. The Rugby Sports Sound podcast from BBC Radio Scotland. Thank you.